0: What's up, my dirty fam? Welcome back to Dirty Devotionals. The podcast is all about helping you feel seen, known, and loved by real God. Hope you like my new jingle. That was just for you and probably for this episode only ever. But welcome. I'm so excited to have you hanging out with me today. Uh, Zach here. If this is your first time listening, I'm freaking pumped to have you hanging out. Listen, today's Dirty Devotional. Uh, we're in this little series where we're answering questions that some of you have been asking me, and I have decided to answer some of them uh, as as a part of our time together. And today's devotional, I'm going to be answering the question: How do you manage being married to someone who is not a believer? So you're a believer, you 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 know you're a follower of Jesus. You want to grow in your relationship with Christ, but your spouse, your partner, your significant other, they just are not about it. And so what the heck do you do? <clears throat> and I apologize, I am all gross and mucousy, so you're going to hear me cough occasionally. But what do you do? So I'm going to be answering that question today. But before we dive into that question, um, y'all, I wanted to celebrate something. This is just something that's not going to matter. It might not matter at all to you, but it matters so much to me. We just passed 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts. We're at 101 and y'all seeing those triple digits, it was at ninety-nine for like a month and it was driving me nuts. It was so close. And now we've just blown past it to 101. I'm so excited. I took some time this morning and was just reading through all the things you've all the things you guys have said about the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate the love, the support. Um, I, I just hope you know I'm cheering you on, that I read those. And seriously, I was reading a couple of them today, and I was like, man, like just throwing up a quick prayer for you guys and just saying, I hope you guys are experiencing the best of God. I hope you're experiencing the best of life, and the fact that you would take time to do that. Thank you so much. Thank you. It feeds my soul. It helps us reach more people. It just does so much. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. And I would love to connect with you. I say this all the time. I want to be more than just a person, a, a voice you listen to. I want to be a person you know. So reach out to me, connect with me. Um, I would love the chance to get to know you. I had a phone call with uh, one of y'all last week, and it was just really special to me. And so thank you guys so much for um, just your love, care, concern, support for my life, and all of those good things and yeah you know, I want to I want to go ahead and dive into today's uh dirty devotional and I didn't I was thought about taking some time on this subject to um I thought about taking some notes which I normally don't do and just kind of thinking um wanting to really make sure I got my word right but I've decided just to not do that and I'm just going to speak from as honest and as off the cuff as I can about this topic because I've met a ton of people who are currently married to someone that is not a believer, and it, it's normally not a great situation. It's normally a place of a lot of friction in the marriage. It's a place of a lot of um, kind of like uh, miscommunication. There's not the same goals. There's not the same uh, the way quality of life. Quality of life's not the right word, but the same the same uh, attitude about how to live life and values of life can be different. And so if you're listening to this and you are married to someone that is not a Christian, that is not a believer, um, you're asking, you know, what what do I do? How do I manage that? How do I deal with that type of inconsistency? Uh, what's the best way to handle? Well, first off, I want to talk to any of you that are in, that are not married to someone who's in this position, but maybe you're dating them and maybe, maybe you're engaged to them. The question you have to ask yourself is how important is your faith? Because if your faith is an important part of your life, this has to be a conversation before you get married. This has to be something that you address. You have to make a decision and define in your life is does your faith and belief matter more than the person I'm with? And if the answer is yes, then you need to end the relationship if there's no if there's no sense that that person is open to making those changes. But one of the worst things you can do is be like, oh, I'm going to assume that once we get married, this is going to change, because it's not; it may not change. That person may be very set in their beliefs. They They may never come around, and you have to be willing and ready to deal with that if that comes up. And so if you're dating or engaged to someone that currently doesn't share your values, your faith values or your spiritual values, I think you really have to take a second and kind of reevaluate their relationship and view how much of a priority is your faith, because if it is a priority, then you need to prioritize it. And those conversations need to be had now rather than later, because they get a lot harder to have later. Um, and a lot of times there's, there's a lot of resentment that can come with that because there wasn't a lot of upfrontness before y'all got married. So now I want to talk to you if you're married, if you're married to someone that is currently not a believer Um, Maybe they've walked away from the faith, whatever it may be. Maybe at one point they were in church and now they're not. But the reality is, is that you are active in your faith. You are actively wanting to grow in your relationship with God. And then you have a significant other that is not. So what do you do? So the first thing is this, is you are in charge of your personal relationship. You're in charge of that. When it comes to your relationship with God, you you, you hold the steering wheel. And so at the end of the day, no matter what, whoever the other person is, whatever the other, the significant other person believes, you need to take control of your faith. Um, A lot of times I see people say, you know, I stopped going to church. I stopped reading the Bible. I stopped praying uh, because, because my spouse doesn't, isn't, doesn't help me with that. Well, that that's not a really good reason to not die, divulge into that stuff. It's a really bad reason not to grow in that stuff because at the end of the day, as much as our relationship with God is corporate and communal, it's also personal. And there's a personal side of your relationship with Christ that you need to dwell in, regardless of your situation. Even if your spouse what is a believer, like this is you need to have that personal time with God where God is working on you as a person. And so the first thing you need to do is you need to make sure that you are taking control of the areas you can control with your growth. And so if you have kids, listen, I talk to some moms all the time whose husbands will not go to church, and I'm sure there are husbands who maybe are dealing with this with their spat, with their wife or their partner, that, that you're like, you know, I want to go to church, but it's so much to get the kids there, and it's so difficult, and it's a lot, and it sucks going alone. Listen, I get it. I know it's tough. But the insecurity you feel about going alone because your spouse doesn't want to come, um, the that may be tough, but the reward of getting connected to a community is going to be so much greater. Uh, the reward of being able to hear from a pastor, to be able to uh, corporately getting to God's word with other people is going to mean matter so much more that you need to just work through some of that insecurity um, because it's going to be good for you as an individual. It's going to be good for your kids uh, to at least get exposed to some faith thoughts and to and some faith conversations. Whether or not they grow up to believe or not, it's just it's healthy to be able to give expose them to that type of environment. Um, and so you need to make sure you're taking control of your faith. The second thing is this is you lead, you are Christ to your spouse. You are, you are the reflection of Jesus to that spouse. And so how you live your life really does matter here. And so you can't be living like hell and doing stupid things and making dumb decisions and being mean, abusive, things like that, and then be like, well, you just need to go to church and then start telling them they need to go do something that uh, that is going to, and I'm holding quotation marks so you can't see them, that is going to make them a better person and give them a better life when you are being a shitty person and doing really shitty things. And so how you live your life matters. And so you need to ask yourself, am I being the best reflection of Christ in my marriage or in this situation to this person? <clears throat> it's really important that I also say that if you are like in an abusive situation and your spouse is abusive, listen, you don't, you don't need to just hang around in that. You, need, you can get out of that. I'm not a fan of this whole like, you're married, so you just need to deal with it because, you know, like you're one flesh. God God told you to stay together. Listen, that I 100% believe Jesus empathizes with the fact that if someone is treating you like crap and has misrepresented themselves to the point where you married them and now they're abusing you, you need to get out of that. And so being Jesus doesn't mean that you're a doormat and you just get bulldozed over and you get mistreated. That is not the case. Um, But what it does mean is it does mean that there are times where you submit, you serve, you care, you love, even when that person may not be reciprocating that. And so make sure that your quality of life and how you live your life is reflective of the values of Jesus. Because at the end of the day, this is where I think we all want the roads to end, is that at some point—and I've seen this so many times with couples— is that the spouse, the person who is not a believer and doesn't want church, is going to notice the community in you. They're going to notice the growth in you. They're going to notice the the new happiness, the hope, the joy, the grace, the mercy. They're going to see that in you, and I'm telling you, it is contagious. It is hard to be around someone that has such value and gratitude for life and positivity in life and not want that. And so I would encourage you, take those things we talked about today and make sure you apply them to to your life. And listen, I'm not telling you it's going to change. I can't tell you that your spouse is going to one day become a believer. I can't make that promise. But what I can promise you is this, is that you can put yourself in a position with Christ to where you're growing and healthy in Him, regardless of your spouse's situation, and two, this gives you the best chance for your spouse to eventually come to Christ. And so, before I close today, here I want—I want to say this more than anything. I want you to know I'm sorry. I know it's hard. I can't imagine the frustration. I know that in, in your mind you just have there's these ideals and these expectations that if if they if y'all just did this together it'd be easier. I get that, and I'm sorry that that's not the case but continue to pursue God. Trust God with the fact that God is good and that God loves you and God can use you to really change the hearts of so many people. And continue that path of focusing on becoming the best version of yourself, and it is contagious. It is. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for today. Thank you for those listening. Lord, I just ask that um, for those that are in this situation, Lord, that you would give them discernment. Lord, at the end of the day, they would pursue you. You're so good. And God, that if we just trust you and come after you, Lord, there are so many good things that come from that. And so, Lord, help us make sure that we don't um, don't get uh, lackadaisical, laxadaisical, lazy with our faith, um, simply because someone else is around us. Instead, help us continue to pursue more and more of you, Lord. We love you, and we ask this in your name, Amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining me on today's devotional. If you want to get more connected, then be sure to follow me on Instagram at z underscore chill.